coming up on All Nations and then, Church. Then we, we're destroyed and we say, well, God, what's, what's, what's happening here? Uh, even people who have been Christians for years have a kind of a Bible bingo thing going on where they're just like... <laughs> for God's wisdom, you have to get into the Word of God. You have to seek His face. You have to ask the Holy Spirit. So it isn't quite as easy, but it's, well, it's, it's far more worth it. So I'm, I'm here today with my beautiful wife, and for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be dealing with the subject of wisdom. And, um, you know, last week, I, 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 as part of the message, I shared about how, um, you know, I've, I've, I've had a kind of a bit of a roller coaster experience with a car I bought um, in defiance of, of my, my, wife's, my wife's advice. Amen. And, um, you know, my wife has learned after a number of years of marriage that there's times when she say, okay, you know, you go ahead and deal with the consequences. And, um, and, and so it was, it, it was quite encouraging to have another man in the church come up to me afterwards and say he had the exact same experience. He wanted to buy a car and uh, his wife said, I don't think you should. He went off and bought it and the engine blew up six months later. And during the message, she just turns... And she looks at him as a wife, as only a wife can do. I'm not going to point him out today, but um, you, you probably see him. He's bright red right now. Um, so anyway, so... You promised you'd let me start, because otherwise I, I won't get to start. say anything. So is that okay? That's okay. Okay, good. Well, Lord, we just thank you for today. <clears throat> we thank you for today, Lord. We thank you for every person here. You know, we can all grow more in the wisdom of God. And so <clears throat> we just ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would have your way this morning. You will just speak your words through our lips. And Lord, that we will grow. We will learn today in Jesus' name. Amen. We bind up every distraction. We just thank you for your peace in this place. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So Proverbs 4, verse 7, if you'd like to turn there, um, can we go there in our Bibles? Or if we have it up on the screen, even better. And we'll just read this together. Proverbs, uh, obviously, was written by Solomon. And um, we're going to look a little bit into his life in a minute because uh, he was an example of somebody who walked in supernatural wisdom. And, you know, the Lord even said, you know, you're going to be remembered in his throughout history for the wisdom that you have. Proverbs 4 verse 7 says, Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom, and in all you're getting, get understanding. Verse 8, exalt her and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory she will deliver to you. And I think it's interesting that it says there, to get wisdom. If you have to get something, you don't have it right now. Like if I say to you, can you get me that bottle of water? I don't have it. I have to get it. And so the thing about it is with God is he likes us to ask. There's, there's so many scriptures in the Bible. He asks us to ask. You know, ask. And Psalm 2 verse 8, it says, ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance. You know, ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you shall find. It gives great pleasure to God when we ask him for things because he's our heavenly father and he delights to bless us. He delights to, to answer our prayers. And that's why I would like us to look in um, the story of, of Solomon, First uh, Kings 3 verse 5. And this is a man who had the wisdom and the humility and the understanding to recognize that as a leader, he didn't know it all. How many of us sometimes we think we know it all? But we don't. We, we are so limited in our understanding because we, we operate in a soulish realm. 
our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions. But God wants us to tap into something that is supernatural, that's beyond us, and that's the wisdom of God. Amen. So if you're there in, in 1 Kings uh, chapter 3, it says, um, verse 5, At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what shall I give you? Imagine that. The creator of the universe, he visits you in the night in a dream and he says, what, what can I give you? And Solomon said, you have shown great mercy to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in truth, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart with you. You have continued this great kindness for him, and you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. That's the power of legacy. The power of somebody, you know, David was his father and he wanted to continue in the same footsteps as his father, David. And let's just go further on to um, verse, uh, verse 10. So the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had, oh sorry, um, <laughs> missed the key verse, <laughs> verse 9. Therefore give to your servant, no let me back up here. Uh, now, O oh Lord, verse 7, my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David, but I'm a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to be numbered or counted. And verse 9, therefore give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to judge this great people of yours? And verse 10, it says, the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. Then God said to him, because you have asked this thing and have not asked long life for yourself, nor have asked riches for yourself, nor have asked the life of your enemies, but have asked for your, yourself understanding to discern justice, behold, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart so that there has not been anyone like you before you, nor shall anyone like you arise after you. And I have also given what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be anyone like you among all the kings all your days. So if you walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. So that's really powerful. That, you know, it's, 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 it's a par the parallel to that for me would be Sa uh, Matthew 6, verse 33. It talks about seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. When you seek God's kingdom first, and that is seeking his counsel. And his righteousness is his way of doing things, not my limited fleshy way of doing things. It's his way of doing things. And all things will be added to you. And if you go to the book of Proverbs and you read it, particularly the first few chapters of Proverbs, it talks a lot about wisdom, but it talks about the, 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 the blessings of walking in wisdom. It talks about long life. It talks about riches. It talks about success. And so many times, you know, even in the Christian world, you know, we can get caught up looking for those things and neglecting our first love, Jesus and the Father. But when we have things right, when we put things in the right order and we prioritize right, then God will bless us. So it's a very powerful, um, powerful chapter to read. And, you know, I think many leaders could, could learn from this, 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 this chapter because, 
you know, if we, they understood that they were powerless without the wisdom of God. You see, we sometimes just, it's like churches sometimes start because we think, oh, it's a good idea. We need a, we need a church in such and such a city. But no, you have to know that you're called. You have to know that you have the wisdom of God and how to operate and how to run a church. This didn't just happen overnight. This came through years of prayer and, and seeking the face of God and asking God for direction and asking him for wisdom. And you know, there's times where the Lord revealed things to Pastor John in a dream about the direction of the church, but that shows you that it's, it's a supernatural thing. It's not a natural thing. And so we have to realize that when we tap into the wisdom of God, there's something very supernatural about it and you will have a supernatural result. And so so let's look at the contrast in James. I hope I'm not using up all your scriptures. I could never use up all your scriptures. You always use so many scriptures. <laughs> anyway, James 1, if we can look there. And it talks about the two different types of wisdom. And I wish I had marked it in my Bible. <laughs> sorry, James 1. James 3, rather, sorry. Um, well, actually, let's just back up to James 1 because, first of all, this is, this is the key to operating in the wisdom of God is, first of all, you must ask him for it. It seems very straightforward, but that's what he asked you to do. He said in, in James 1 verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally. So don't ever say, you know, God doesn't hear me. God doesn't, you know, I, he, I don't have a clue what to do. If you will ask him, maybe you don't need to ask him just once. You maybe really need to seek him about something. Don't just expect it to happen on the first request but seek him and it says he will give it to you liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him and how do we ask him we ask him in faith with no doubting for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord he's a double-minded man unstable in all his ways so when we ask God for wisdom we ask him expecting to receive it you know, if he said to me, we're going past that window and I see that watch and he says, let me buy it for you. When he said that, I expected I was going to get a watch. I was going to leave the shop with a lovely watch on my wrist. But sometimes with God, we don't expect things from him. It's like we question him and we doubt him. And this is where we have to develop our trust in him, get to know him better and know that he wants to bless you. He wants to give you what you desire. Um, so the different types of wisdom, it talks about heavenly versus demonic wisdom. And we know as Christians, we don't want to operate in the world's way of wisdom. We've seen that in operation over the last two years and we see it doesn't work. Only God's wisdom really truly uh, has, has a powerful results. So verse 13 of chapter three of James, it says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. So there's something about the wisdom of God. When you operate in it, it's done in meekness and humility. And that humility is recognizing, I can't do this on my own. I can only do it in God's strength. And then you yield to that. Verse 14, it says, if you have bitter envy, self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but it's earthly, sensual, demonic. And this is the fruit of, of, of worldly wisdom, fleshy wisdom. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil things are, thing are there. When you are confused, when there's strife, when there's envy, when there's bitterness, you know you're not operating in the wisdom of God. You just have to look at a true, true, a tree to see its fruits. If it's withered up, it's not going to produce fruit. So you have to look at the fruits of these things. Verse 17 says, the wisdom that is from above is first pure, 
peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. So the peace of God. Whenever you make a whenever you're seeking God for uh, wisdom and, and insight into a, a, a you know could be you know. Uh, starting a business or moving home and looking for a home or you know entering a relationship or anything like that and you need God's wisdom when you get a peace about something that's often uh, is a sign to you an indication to you when you have a peace in your spirit that you're being led by the spirit of God as many as are sons of God they're led by the spirit of God and so you have to partner with the Holy Spirit when you when you're seeking for wisdom you ask the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was sent to this earth to be our helper, to be our guide, our teacher, our comforter, our advocate. And so we say, Holy Spirit, show me what to do. And, 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 and sometimes you just have to take a step back. I, I know like in, in, in Pastor John's case, he, he likes to, he's a real goer and he likes to get things done. If you've seen him in the house, he, he just, you know, one day he's up a ladder, the next day he's fixing, you know, like plugs and sockets and all sorts of things. He likes to get things done. But, you know, in the earlier years of our marriage, I have to say, there was a lot of impulsivity about what he used to do. He would just run into something without kind of, you know, thinking through. That was, ju that was just being a young person. I would, I would have done it as well. We both would have done it at times. But God wants us, this is what we do sometimes with, when it comes to the Lord. We just jump into something. We jump into a relationship. We jump into a business situation. You know, maybe partnering with somebody. Something very, very crucial to your life and will have a, a, a disastrous effect if, it's not, if it doesn't work out. We do that. We jump in. And then we say, and then, then we, we're, we're destroyed and we say, well, God, what's, what's, what's happening here? But we never consulted him in the first place. God, he doesn't want us to be imp impulsive. That's why I believe when he says, search for wisdom, get wisdom, it, it takes time. It takes practice. It takes skill. And that's where we have to be patient. So we want to operate in that pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield. Willing to yield is being humble enough to recognize, you know, I... I don't know if I know it all in this situation. I need to get counsel or I need to, I need to maybe come to the pastors, ask them for advice or a leader in the church. Don't be afraid to, to ask people. Not that you go run around, ask top, left, right, and every person around you. There's certain people that God will put in your life that are there to be, uh, you know, you can be accountable to and that will have wisdom maybe more than you have. And I, and I, I, and I love that with the thought of, um, you know, talks about, older people being wiser and and that's so that's so true because older people have had far more life experience than younger people if I have a uh, something I really want I will ask somebody who's older I won't ask somebody like they say who's a novice somebody who's new to something it's like you know with mar marital counseling you don't you know, give marital counseling session to somebody who's just been married for six months. You don't get them to counsel somebody who's getting married. You get somebody who's who's been married for for many years, and that's just that's just wisdom. So you know, there is wisdom in in going to our elders and and asking you know asking them to to agree with you on, on something. Um, so, but wisdom isn't a sufficient on its own. In in Proverbs three, it's coupled. It's not coupled with. It's tripled with. There's, it's a threefold thing. It talks about wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. Knowledge and understanding. Those three things have to go hand in hand. You can have the wisdom to do something, but if you don't apply it, you don't understand, you don't have the knowledge or the understanding what to do, then there's no point. So wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, the, the three of them work together. And, um, 
you know, that's only God that can help us do that. So how do we know if we're operating in the fruit of wisdom? Well, again, we are in, the, in, the, in wisdom, we look at the fruits of it in our lives. It's very easy to slip into the wrong sort of wisdom if you're not staying close to the Lord, if you're surrounding yourself around people that are worldly, that don't have a heart for God, don't understand the things of God, that will rub off on you. you it's so important who you surround yourself. A, he, a, a, you know, a companion of fools will be dest- destroyed, but he who walks with wise men will be wise. So whatever, whoever you're around, it will rub off on you. It's like when you go into a room where there's someone's just smoked, been smoking, that smoke goes onto your clothes and, it, and people around you would think that you had smoked, but it's, it's just whatever environment you are in and surround yourself around, you will be influenced by. So I'll just pass over to Pastor John because I know he's, he's looking like he wants to say something there. <laughs> it's like, don't use any more of my scriptures. Oh yes, by the way, yes. <laughs> We have, we have some questions as well. So I, I think we have a few that have come in already, but we can ask them here as well. Actually, will we do a quick question before we go over to you, or do you want to say um, something? Just before we get into the okay, questions, yeah. I, I, just th- that verse you were looking at. Um, <laughs> welcome to my life. <laughs> some of you wonder why I'm so wise. I've, I've learned to listen over the years. Um, but... You know, all jokes aside, Pastor Joanna has a lot of wisdom. And, um, but you know that verse there in verse 17, but the wisdom that is from above. So, you know, the Bible here clearly infers that there's wisdom from above, and it's that there's wisdom from above, there's also wisdom that is from below. And uh, you can tell in many respects by the fruit, um, you know, of a person's actions, what wisdom they're tuned into. And... Um, you know, it's quite clear right now looking at, at, at the situation in the Ukraine, what wisdom is currently prevailing there um, in terms of bringing destruction and death. Uh, but, you know, the Bible says that the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now, the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So, the wisdom of God will, will cause you to be a peacemaker and not a strife, uh, a strife maker. Some people leave a trail of destruction behind them wherever they go. And, you know, it's interesting, we're coming up to St. Patrick's Day, and it's, it's such a fascinating thing to study. Um, it, you know, like I said, this was the, uh, the fifth century, so it's, it's quite a long time ago, but the Irish were a very wild people. They were known as a barbarian people. They were uh, pirates. They would go to the um, west coast of Britain, and, uh, you know, they would kill people and take people away as slaves, and that's how Patrick was brought to Ireland. And, and, and yet, ironically, the very man who was once a slave and escaped, God sends him back to bring freedom to the people who once enslaved him. And, and, and just how the nature of the Irish people were changed by the gospel. Because these people who were, you know, this violent, uh, wild people, you know, the, the, you know, the Celts were known as the warriors of Europe. And uh, they were a very wild people. Um, and, and yet these people who were once enslaving others, their nature was so changed when they embraced the gospel that they stopped, um, you know, taking slaves from Britain. And ironically, it was Britain that were coming and now taking slaves from Ireland. Um, because, you know, the Bible says the wisdom that is from above is um, pure 
peaceable. So, you know, God will, will cause you to develop a new appreciation for peace. Uh, I'm not talking about becoming a doormat and letting people walk all over you. Um, but there is, uh, it's so important that we learn to foster peace, whether that's in our minds or in our home, in our marriage, you know, the way we speak to each other, um, uh, that, that we're not speaking in an aggressive manner because sowing and reaping, you speak in an aggressive manner to your wife, um, you know, she, she may speak aggressively back to you or she may just try and suffocate you in your sleep or poison your food, um, depending on what way she's inclined. But I'm just simply saying, you, you foster the environment you're in and some people, you know, literally within seconds of walking the door of their house, you can sense that atmosphere, you can sense the tension, you can sense the strife. And so, um, in the same way as a nation was changed through the gospel, because this is the fruit of the gospel, you know, uh, purity, peace, uh, love, the fruit of the spirit. Um, and, and, and so we need to foster this um, by, by allowing the wisdom of God to prevail. Some of you, your biggest problem is in one inch below your nose. It's your mouth. You never shut it. Uh, and, and, you know, there's, the Bible says there's a time in the book of Ecclesiastes 3.7, a time to be silent, a time to speak. Wisdom is what will enable you to understand uh, the difference between those two times. Because there is a time clearly to speak, but there's also a time to be silent. There's a time to just suck it up and just, you know, be the bigger person and uh, allow the wisdom, allow the peace of God to prevail. So we all need to grow in this wisdom. Over to you, darling. Yes. Okay, there's a, there's, a, oh, sorry. there's a couple of, am I still on? Yeah. There's a couple of questions here. Well, actually, there's about nine different questions. So we'll just pick, we'll just pick one. Um, Some of them are quite similar. So I think you could read yeah. a few of them out. You know, um, well, uh, how do we practically make sure our decisions are based on wisdom? How do we know uh, wisdom is our? Uh, how do we know no, our God wisdom is God. godly wisdom? Mm -hmm. And um, any any practical? Uh, or sorry, how would I know if somebody's advice is based on God's wisdom? So you know, all of those are quite similar. But uh, again, for me, it's it's is it based on the Word of God? Is is what they're saying in line with the Word of God? This is why it's so important for us to study the Bible on a daily basis, I would encourage you to go to Bible school so that you have, yeah. like, like it says in Timothy, study to show yourself approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Because again, let me just say to you ladies, you know, you're always getting advice, uh, you know, at your hairdresser, but let me just say, you know, she's telling you, you should leave your man. You know, she hasn't had a man in so long and uh, her life is a mess and she's given advice to everybody and it's just like, I'm, you know, I'm just trying to give you, a, you know, a, a, an illustration you know, you need to be discerning about who you're getting advice from, okay? Because uh, uh, is it in line with what the Word of God says? Is it in line with the Bible? Uh, over to you, Don. Yeah. Did you answer all those questions? I think I did. You did? Okay. Well, <laughs> well, how do we know? Yeah, well, James 3 tells us how we know the wisdom is from God or if it's not. But there's a good question here, there, here, is why is it so easy to turn to the world's wisdom when God offers his wisdom? Well, God's wisdom isn't, you know, the world's wisdom is just out in your face. It's, it's right there. Whereas, you know, for God's wisdom, you have to seek for it. It's, some, it's, a, it's a search that you have to go on. And that's, that's, that's kind of harder. It's, you know, it talks about the narrow way and, and the, 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 wide, the wide path and the narrow path. It's very easy to go down the narrow path. It's very easy to 
to tap into the world's wisdom. But for God's wisdom, you have to get into the word of God. You have to seek his face. You have to ask the Holy Spirit. So it isn't quite as easy, but it's well, it's, it's far more worth it. You know, that's, and, it and it is easier to allow your emotions yeah. to rule you rather than the wisdom of God. It's like, I think it was Lisa Bevere wrote a book years ago called Out of Control and Loving It. And, and you know, I think that describes a lot of people, even as believers. Your spirit is saved, but you're still allowing your emotions, your feelings, your, your bad habits um, uh, to predominate. And uh, as a consequence, your life's a mess. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, I think that was for you. <laughs> Any advice how to continue to consistently operate in wisdom despite being influenced by worldly people that are close to me, family, friends, etc.? You answer that one. Okay. Um, I, I, well, think again, about it when it, you first got saved, what, what you did. God, what did I do? <laughs> He gave up all the, the drinking uh, buddies. Yeah, well, I, I, again, it's, look, uh, you know, there's a principle. Um, uh, and, you know, principles are important. Sometimes people misunderstand me, and sometimes people leave the church and they say, oh, he's too political. It, it, for me, it's not about politics. And, you know, it's not about personalities. It's about principles. Uh, you know, principles and, and policies. And whether you like it or not, you know, that the, the political sphere affects you. I mean, after two years where the church was closed for the best part of a year, I think we should understand that. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so this is why, again, sometimes I'll say things and people looking at it on a superficial level think I'm being political. No, I'm dealing with a spirit. And, and, and you know, there's spiritual elements that need to be addressed by the church. And because they haven't been addressed, because they haven't been confronted, because we never want to say anything that makes anybody feel uncomfortable or say anything that might be controversial or make some waves. As a consequence of this, we've allowed the kingdom of darkness to take control so many areas. I mean, we're looking at, you know, uh, where in many instances, our kids are no longer getting, and, and uh, you know, it's no longer about education. Uh, you know, it's about indoctrination, whether in, you know, colleges or in schools or whatever. And so, you know, as the church, we've a responsibility to speak into every realm because the Bible speaks into every realm. Amen. Amen. And so, uh, um, uh, back to the question. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, it, it, you know, how, how do we walk consistently in wisdom? Because yes, I mean, it, you know, there's a saying: any dead fish can float down river, and that's that's a fact. Um, but, but, you know, we're called to go against the stream. And in many respects, we are. I mean, uh, you know, I read last week about how the majority decided it was best to continue on with the, the journey when Paul, just one person who was a slave, uh, or at least was a prisoner, um, you know, with possibly no real sailing experience, said, no, we shouldn't. It says the majority favored um, listening to the captain. And, and so this is how we get into trouble is when we decide that we'll go with the majority. We'll go with what the mainstream media is saying and what everybody else is parroting. You know, most people have lost the ability to think for themselves. You know, I, I think, you know, one of the biggest dangers of these bloody phones is, is it's, it stops us from thinking. Um, because most people are, whether it's phones or TVs, most people just regurgitate um, you, you know, opinions that they have swallowed from, from some dumb celebrity or some uh, TV presenter or some newsreader. 
And, and, and so, you know, we need to learn to read. We need to learn to think. We need to learn to pray. We need to learn to discern for ourselves and be led by the Spirit and follow the witness of the Spirit. And so it's difficult when you have friends or family who are going in the wrong direction. And look, none of us can choose our family. They're our family. We love them. You know, we need to be there for them. But it's important that we're not influenced by them if what they're saying is inconsistent with what the Word of God says. Now, you can't pick your, your family, but you can pick your friends. And so if you have friends that every time you get around with them, you end up, you know, snorting coke or, or, you know, going out to a nightclub or a strip bar or whatever, you know, you need new friends, okay? You know, you need friends that, that will encourage you in walking in the right direction, not friends who will take you to hell with them, amen? And so this is why we have to be discerning. So, but we need to allow the word of God to predominate. And so, yes, my feelings... Uh, may be saying this, and my friends may be saying that, but your word says, uh, you know, something else, and so I'm going to follow what your word says, even if it's not convenient, even if it's not comfortable, even if it means that I end up losing some friends or some opportunities, you know, we have to make a decision that we're going to walk in the light, amen? If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we fellowship one with the other, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. So let's make that determination, I'm going to walk in the light, I'm going to walk in the light of God's word, you know, irrespective of how politically incorrect it becomes, or how culturally strange it may seem to others, I want to, I want to, you know, like the song goes, I've decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. Amen. Amen. I love the scripture in um, Colossians 2 verse 3, it talks about, uh, 2 verse 2 and 3, it says, of the Father and of the Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Again, hidden, you know, there's, they're hidden, so we have to find them, we have to discover them. Uh, they're, they're treasures. Mm. And so, Imitating Jesus, that's, we're not to be imitating celebrities, we're to be imitating Jesus. Jesus is our example for everything and he operated in such a level of wisdom. He knew what to do and, and when to do it and what to say and what not to say. And so the more we, time we spend in his presence with him, in his word, we become more like him and it's easier. And the more of us shining our light out there and operating the wisdom of God, the wisdom of God is going to be more available for people to see in our lives. You know, greater example of, of the wisdom of God. Let's see, is there any other questions there? Um, it would recommend biblical examples of godly wisdom, books, people. Well, Solomon was one. Could, do you want to recommend, would there be, who else would be um, people in the Bible that you could study? Well, I mean, the, from the first page to the last, yeah. it, the Bible is filled with the wisdom of God. And that's why I would encourage all of you, um, a, a lot of Christians, uh, even people who have been Christians for years, have a kind of a Bible bingo thing going on where they just like, <laughs> okay, you know, and they just take these random scriptures, and, and, and that's fine, but, you know, generally your Bible will, will open at, at similar places, you know, after a while. And so I would encourage you, you should be reading the Old Testament and the New at the same time. I've taught my little kids this. You know, little Julie is reading through the Bible. She got through the book of Leviticus. Or the, what did she, she call it? Leviticus. Leviticus. Yeah. And she's, she's in Kings, First Kings now. She's read from Genesis, First Kings. And she's in one of the epistles for the... 
She's yeah. reading the old and the new. She's 10 years old, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> so if a 10-year-old kid can do it, and, yeah. and, you know, just check your phone and just look at how much time you spend on a daily or a weekly basis on that phone. We should be giving God at least the same amount of time. Amen. If we gave God a quarter of the time we're giving on the, on the phone, fact is, I mean, we'd be spending a lot of time reading the Bible. But, you know, anyway, I, I would just encourage you, just get two markers, one for the old, one for the new, and uh, just read a little bit of the old every day, a little bit of the new, and you'll be amazed. Start in Genesis, start in Matthew. Work your way through, and like I said, by the time you get to the book of Revelation, you'll have be a, maybe a third way through the old and, and so every year, you know, you'll, you'll read through the old maybe once and you'll read through the new two or three times. I mean, you can read through the New Testament relatively quickly, really. And, um, and, and, and the reason you do more on the new is because obviously the new reveals the, the, new, the new covenant and everything that belongs to us. But the old is still the word of God. It's the foundation upon which our faith is built. You know, that's why we talk about Judeo-Christian values, because, again, you know, Judaism is, was the foundation upon which Christianity was built in God's wisdom. And so we need to study both, and it will speak to you, and you will get the whole counsel of God, because all of us have particular books that we gravitate towards. But I would say, if you're looking for wisdom, any one of the books yeah, uh, in the Proverbs, Bible, Proverbs, uh, Proverbs very good for wisdom, Ecclesiastes, but again, you, you know, Kings, Chronicles, all of these... Yeah. They all, you know, show us tremendous leadership principles, you know, principles also, for life. It wisdom. also shows, like, this is the encouraging thing about the, you know, the Bible is you see, you see people operating wisdom and, and doing great things, but you also see the same people yeah. making mistakes, and that shows the humanity of it. Like, that we, we're all human, we all, we all blow it at times, you know, Abraham, you know, for Ishmael, and it, there's just so many examples of it, David, Barsheba. Um, Bathsheba. So there's, there's a lot of things we can learn, but there's a lot of things we can learn not to do as well as what to do. You know, do. a young lady came up to me after the church a few, weeks, a few weeks ago after the service, and she said she was so blessed because I, I explained, you know, um, just how the Bible at times acknowledges things, but doesn't endorse them. Because she said, you know, I've, I've just started reading the Bible again, and I was kind of shocked at seeing all this dysfunction and, you know, people with multiple wives and, and, and all these things. And, and yes, the Bible shows you a, a very full picture of these men and women, um, you know, warts and all. Uh, but because, just because the Bible acknowledges something doesn't mean it's endorsing it. And so, you know, th this is why it's important for us to understand. You know, wisdom is defined as knowledge and good judgment based on experience, wise conduct. And it's great to learn from experience. But the Bible, like I said, shows us their mistakes as, as, as well as their um, uh, good decisions. And, and uh, because, you know, as the church, too many times we have a tendency to, to you know, parade our victories and hide our failures. And... You know, I would hope as a pastor at times that, you know, I'll, I'll share it, you know, at, at times where I mess up, which can be quite frequently. But, you know, a lot of people have found that quite encouraging because sometimes people, you know, put ministers on a, on a pedestal and, you know, we're, we're far from perfect. And by God, you know, we do what we do because we're called, not because we're deserving. And, and we do our best to, to live this life. But you know, like I said, you know, it's by God's grace he calls us. And so it's good to learn from experience, but it's better to learn from what God's word says. So yes, you can learn from your mistakes, but it's always better to learn from somebody else's mistakes. Amen. And so the Bible shows us the mistakes as well as the, as, as well as the right decisions so we can learn from both. Amen. I think this is a very relevant one is how do we operate in wisdom and how to respond when you're 
in between families with very conflicting viewpoints. And I think this last year, you know, we've, we've, we've all experienced that where there'd be certain family members maybe that have different viewpoints for us in relation to COVID and vaccines and all the different things. And really, it, it, it took a lot of time for people to navigate this because it was something completely, we'd never gone through anything like this before. But one of the, one of the things I, I felt the Lord saying to me personally when there was these conflicts was just, just practice peace. You know, practice peace. You, you know, we're lights in the darkness. So if we start shouting and blowing our head off and getting into strife, what kind of light, what kind of example are we? And we had an instance where a family member was just shouting, really embarrassing uh, at us, well, at me personally. And, and I just didn't respond. I just, I just put my head down and just prayed in the tongues and then I just left the room. And so many times we just rise to the bait. We just, we just get into this full-blown war. But I think, you know, as Christians, we're, we're told to be reconcilers, you know, to be ministers of reconciliation, to practice peace. And it doesn't necessarily mean you're always right, but just, I think it, once you have that, that thing where you, you practice peace and you speak the truth in love, it's not that you're a doormat, you don't say anything, you don't respond, but speaking the truth in love will have such a difference than if you get it all up into strife and start shouting at the, at the person. That's just a fruit of, of the flesh. So, so really, the wisdom and how to respond in family situations is, is just ask yourself, how can I practice peace in this? How, you know, Holy Spirit, you put a guard over my mouth, over my tongue, if there's anything I'm not meant to say, and if there's something I'm meant to say, it, help me to speak it in, in love. Yeah. And, and in truth, but in, in love. And, and, you know, have the humility to not get offended. Because you can't choose how the other person acts. And, and like I said, you don't get to choose your family. They're your family for life. And, and uh, you know, you love them and, and you're there for them. Uh, but you won't always agree with them and they won't always agree with you. And so it's so important that we, we learn to, to uh, you know, the Bible says the law came through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. You know, as Christians, we can't be just so focused on speaking truth uh, to people that we uh, don't give them grace. We must give grace and truth. And there's times with, with family that, yeah, you just agree to disagree. And sometimes you just choose to be the bigger person. It, you know, you're not trying to win an argument um, because most likely you're not going to necessarily change their position um, uh, nor they yours. And, and, and as a pastor, I, I was very conscious of these last two years how so many people had, had very differing uh, opinions on so many things. But again, uh, we must always remind ourselves, like I said, we're members of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. We're, we're ambassadors of Christ. And, you know, an ambassador doesn't get into a fistfight. You know, an ambassador, uh, you know, behaves themselves with a certain degree of uh, decorum and dignity. And we're ambassadors of Christ. And so, like I said, it, it, it doesn't mean that you agree with what the other person is saying. Um, but, you know, there's a time and a place to be able to get into a discussion. But if it's, you know, escalating into a, an argument, sometimes you just need to say, you know what, that, that, that's okay. I'm, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to rise to the bait. I'm going to walk in love because, you know, my relationship with my family member is more important yeah. than trying to win an argument with them and maybe, you know, alienating them. Uh, uh, from, from, from the Lord. Amen. We'll just do one more question. It's just coming up to one o'clock. So th this is a good one. Practical tips on how to exercise wisdom and social media, in social media. Uh, get rid of it. <laughs> I'd be honest, if I, if I wasn't pastoring the church, I would have shut down my social media quite a while ago. I'm just, 
I'm, I'm tired of it. And that's probably one of the reasons I didn't even think of putting up a picture of Johnny yesterday for her birthday. I'm just, I'm, I'm just sick of the narcissism, you know, the lectures, the propaganda. Um, you know, in some ways, I think we're empowering a system that, that has facilitated a lot of these, um, you know, dictators in Silicon Valley who are acting just like the dictators. Like I said, they're deciding to censor opinions they don't like. And, uh, you know, in a, in a way, we've kind of empowered a lot of these uh, people and a lot of these groups, a lot of these organizations that are, um, you know, operating on a semi-governmental level, you know, and they're seeking to govern uh, the way people think and influence the way people think, and it's extremely dangerous. And so, uh, but, you know, I would just say, just use wisdom on social media. Look, it's, it's lovely to post a picture and it's lovely to, you know, build relationships and friendships, but in some ways, I think, for me, certainly, over these last two years, um, I discovered that, that a lot of the people I thought were, were friends were not necessarily friends, they were just acquaintances, certainly within the realm of ministry. And, and so, you know, we just have to have the discernment to, to recognize that, that, you know, sometimes social media can feed something in us that's unhealthy, um, a certain egotism and, and selfishness and narcissism. And I'm not saying that it's, it's wrong to be on it. Look, it's, it's the world we're in, but we have to use wisdom. Um, because it's, it's you know. very consuming, time-consuming as well, all-consuming sometimes. Um, but one thing I would say, and I think this is probably for the younger generations, is that, you know, I think it's important we're discreet about what we post on, on social media. Sometimes people just air all their dirty laundry <laughs> on Facebook. I don't know somebody who was having marriage problems, and she was just writing bad things about the, the other person and sharing photos and you know we have to we have to use wisdom there it's not a good example for us as Christians if we're slandering other people whether it's you know it's a, it's a spouse or somebody who has a different viewpoint from you it's okay to make your point but when yeah. it comes to slandering I think it's important that we're discreet that we use the wisdom of God people are looking at us and say oh they're supposed to be a Christian and look what they're Look what they're putting up, or look what they're, they're and sometimes saying, so. people want to draw you into their, um, into their gravity field, so to speak, you know, and, and, and they live in strife world, and they want you to live there too. And so, like I said, sometimes on social media, you just have to be the bigger person. And, and like I said, you know, there's times when you just say, you know what, I'm just going to, I could spend the next half an hour back and forth trying to explain your position. And sometimes it's just easier to block a person, because they're not looking to you know, have a discussion. They're just looking to fling insults and, and um, certainly over the last number of years we've, we've had quite a, a, a lot of that as well. But um, it, it, what I found, certainly, like I said, even during the marriage referendum, uh, you know, I, I was getting a huge amount of, of um, kind of online hate and uh, simply because I, I, I just gave what I believe to be was a Christian perspective. Somebody clo closed his, his phone account. They pretended... <laughs> Yeah. This only happened a couple of weeks ago. Somebody pretended that I was his wife, that he had died, and that to close down his fo mobile phone account so he couldn't... The company actually did it, and they closed his account so he couldn't use his phone. So there's just, just some strange people out there. Yeah. And, uh, and if you're watching and it was you, we forgive you. <laughs> I'm still alive. Glory to Jesus. Um, no I, weapon. <laughs> formed against us will prosper amen. amen and we believe that we're under god's protection amen. and um but you know look this is the world we're living in but let's determine to put godly wisdom into practice because 
what I was just trying to say there uh, before my wife interrupted was, um, uh, you know, during the marriage referendum, I was answering all of these people, and you know, in retrospect, a lot of them weren't actually uh, interested in in what you had to say from a Christian perspective. They just wanted to express hate, and. Um, but you know what I found was I was so consumed with answering a lot of that stuff that I was not present with my yeah, wife and, and my children, kind of and I was getting aggravated. And and some of that aggression was coming out in the home, and uh, some of that frustration, some of that anger, um, was coming out in people that didn't deserve that. And 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 like I said, you can become so consumed in that world where where you're no longer present with the people who are right next to you. And that's why, like I said, we need to keep. A lot of that at an arm's distance, and and just use wisdom. Yeah. In and take Jesus your name. phones off your kids at night. If they have yeah. phones, don't let them have those phones. And, and if night. your kid is under ten, they shouldn't have a phone. Yeah, definitely. Not. Thank you for that complete silence. <laughs> if your kid is under ten, they shouldn't yeah. have one. Amen. I'll just say this: we didn't give our kid a phone they until they went to secondary. Everyone, and they cried, and they complained, and they. And whined. everybody else has uh, one. And but you know what? When I see people with, with little kids and, and, you know, going around for hours staring into a phone, you know, that is very, as an adult, that's addictive. We, we acknowledge it's addictive. And many of us didn't grow up on any of that technology. But it's addictive. How much more when a little kid is growing up from, from you know, barely able to walk and they're just... And I understand. I had five kids. Okay, so... Uh, I understand it buys you peace, it buys you some time, it buys you some quiet, but it's counterproductive because what you're doing, you're feeding something in that little kid that's, uh, I'm not saying they can't have technology, but you have to have it within very strict boundaries. You know, a couple of hours or whatever a day max, but they shouldn't be a, a, a thing where they're on technology all day long. And certainly, the younger they are, the more they should be distanced from that, in my opinion, okay? So I, I think it might be nice to just finish with the Ephesians prayer, Ephesians 1.15. So let's just stand up and um, we just received this um, that prayer here, the, the words of this prayer. It says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention you, of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you would know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe. Amen. Amen. Amen.